Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Oilers Now, as always, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex says our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. You can text us 630-630. Give us a call at 780-496-0063. Bob, by the way, golfing today at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. Stuck in studio. So I figured, why not talk some fantasy hockey? Because that gets me excited. And speaking of fantasy, the uh, week one NFL salary is officially out on DraftKings today. That's exciting to me. Likely to all our listeners, you don't care, but I do. So I thought I'd mention that. But everyone loves fantasy hockey, likely on this show, especially when we can tie it into the Oilers. And we bring aboard Pete Jensen senior fantasy hockey editor for NHL.com to the show right now. Pete, how are you doing? Doing great. And, yeah, we're getting right into all the early preseason draft prep. I know we're only in July, but things are really heating up. we we got a lot of new content on the site. we got fresh rankings after all the free agency. So uh, a lot to get to. And the Oilers are certainly a bounce-back team. Absolutely. We've been talking about that on the show today, asking fans to text in their uh, bounce-back candidates for the Oilers, breakout players, that sort of thing. So we'll get to all that in a second. Maybe just talk first and foremost about fantasy hockey and, uh, you know, how it has evolved over the years because we know how big NFL fantasy is. Uh, I know there is daily fantasy as well for hockey and, of course, season-long hockey fantasy that we will be talking about here. But maybe just talk about where it's at compared to a few years ago. Yes, it's grown tremendously uh, within our department and within the scope of hockey fans in general. I mean, it's something that uh, has really picked up from a resource standpoint at the league. It's something that uh, we have so many more um, forms of content, resources to produce this content, and we have, um, you know, it's the best way, I think, to get engaged with teams other than your own around the league. You're more inclined to watch these other teams, get to know some of their best players, uh, follow the statistical trends, the lineup trends, and really be the best hockey fan uh, that you can be um, for what I think is really um, all pious is aside one of the fastest most exciting sports 
in the in the world right now, and it's a global game. So it's something that we're trying to really push the envelope on. Um, it's something that the prime time is September. So if you've never played fantasy before, uh, set up a team, follow our coverage. The league is taking it much more seriously than in years past. And we have uh, a second fantasy editor on board for this season. So we're really excited about how it all trends and how it directly um, leads to uh, fan engagement in terms of watching live games. Absolutely. I love that part of it. The, you said it yourself, the NHL taking it more serious. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, millennials love this sort of stuff. And uh, I think uh, it's about time that we uh, see the NHL take it more seriously. So I'm really excited for this upcoming season. From an Oilers standpoint, of course, everyone excited to see what Connor McDavid can do uh, this season. Back-to-back Art Ross trophies. Um is he the top overall fantasy guy? Because, of course, in fantasy, we're talking uh, plus-minus, power play goals, all that sort of thing as well. I think when it comes to points, he's clearly the favorite. But is he the top overall fantasy player for this year? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you talk so much about ceilings in fantasy and point potential, and I think it's so crazy that Connor McDavid, I mean, last year might have been a floor, really, at this stage of his career. Uh, the Oilers fell off the rails. A lot of things went wrong. They had the worst power play in the NHL. Uh, they had some injuries. Nobody really stepped up on the blue line. Connor McDavid still was plus 20. Great shot volume. Still had 20 power play points and improved. How about that? From a season where they made the playoffs and were the breakout team of the year, he had 100 points and he jumped all the way up to 108, even though everything went so terribly wrong for the Oilers. So you got to think at this stage, as he continues uh, to hit a higher ceiling, um, the floor is also very high for McDavid, which to me makes him the safest bet by far, even compared to the other stalwarts like Crosby, uh, Evgeny Malkin, players like that, and the up-and-coming guys as well, Austin Matthews, Patrick Laine. To me, still, it's clearly Connor McDavid uh, at the number one pick, regardless of your, if you're in a keeper league or a hits league or a points-only league, standard league. It's McDavid all the way. Yeah, you said it yourself there. This may have been his, uh, you know, the floor last season with 108 points. So what, what do you yeah, think? Uh, yeah, give me a point projection for this season. What do you think McDavid will get to? <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if it was over 110. I mean, he's just that type of generational player. We hope he stays healthy. We're always rooting for these high-end prospects and high-end uh, young players to stay healthy. Um, as they continue to progress in their career. So, uh, yeah, if McDavid stays healthy, uh, even if he doesn't play with dry saddle I ex- at even strength, I expect that power play to be much better. I expect Tyler Yamamoto to uh, make the team and potentially latch onto his line. And really, uh, when you talk about sleepers and, uh, and stuff, breakout-type guys, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a guy that's already been in the 50s multiple times in his career, uh, he's a guy that could jump up to 70, 75 points if he plays with McDavid for a full season. And anybody who won their fantasy leagues or went deep in the playoffs had to either go through Nugent Hopkins last year uh, in their weekly matchups or uh, had him on their team en route to uh, some deep playoff success. So Nugent Hopkins, to me, is very underrated in the grand scheme of things entering this season. And maybe we'll see with McDavid a little more line stability. How crazy would that be? I mean, he scored 108 with a rotating uh, 
you know, rotating cast of characters. So mind stability would be great for his fantasy value moving forward. Well, let me ask you this. If you knew uh, that Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be on McDavid's line for the entire season, would you take uh, Nugent Hopkins or would you go with the dry settle? Uh, like, where would you take these two players? Yeah, when you do, uh, you hold the higher caliber player uh, who can produce regardless of line mates, regardless of whether he's on the first or second line, in a higher regard for fantasy. So I would still go Dry Saddle. I have Dry Saddle at 43 in my rankings. Uh, he would be even higher in a keeper league. Certainly, regardless of format, he's a top 50 overall player. I mean, you have to temper your expectations with Nugent Hopkins and any later round pick. Uh, I would reach for Nugent Hopkins after you get outside the first 10 rounds, but he's not the same caliber individual player as a dry saddle is. I think we've all seen that as well. I mean, dry saddle, I believe, hit 70 points last year, and things went wrong for him. He didn't have stable line mates either, and he got moved off McDavid's, McDavid's wing, and the power play struggled so mightily too, so He's another one of those high-end guys, regardless of whether the Oilers bounce back in full force. He's still a top 50 overall player moving forward. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I like where you're going with uh, Nugent Hopkins as a breakout candidate. He was my pick for a breakout candidate. Bob Stoffer was on earlier, and uh, he picked a Yessi Poliarvi. So... With Polyarvi, we have no idea which line he's going to play on, so that sort of make thing, makes uh, it tough. But if he does sort of latch on to dry, so I know you are saying maybe Yamamoto latches on with McDavid, but Polyarvi could as well at some point this season. So with a player like that, uh, the upside is there, but uh, is it more of a scenario where if you're a drafter, you, you may just take a chance on a guy like that at some point, maybe reach for him and hope for the best? Yeah, maybe if you're in a deeper league. I don't know that Yamamoto or Puliyarvi uh, will go in standard 12-team leagues where there's you know 190 or so picks. Those are guys that are fringe top 200 players uh, who might not go get drafted at all. So you kind of have to just see how things iron out in the preseason, who gets the opportunity. The good thing for Puliyarvi in a deeper league or a keeper league is, I mean, he's only played 90-something games in his NHL career, has had inconsistent line mates, you know, line mates, and even if the McDavid thing doesn't happen, Drysaddle needs a couple of stable wings as well. So, yeah, the Oilers later round guys, I think the whole team is being underestimated outside of McDavid and Drysaddle. That includes Cam Talbot, includes uh, some deep sleeper candidates like Oscar Clefbaum, Ethan Bear. Those are guys I would not be surprised, even if they're undrafted in Yahoo leagues or whatever league you're playing in. I think those guys could become waiver wire commodities in fantasy very quickly, especially if a guy like Bear or Clefbaum is on the first power play unit and really improves uh, that league worst group. You hit on Talbot there. Where do you have him in uh, your goaltender rankings? Yeah, he's right around the top 20. I mean, the, the great thing about goaltending is you, there are so many after the expansion draft for Vegas, it's really solidified most of the. Uh, there are not many timeshare tandems anymore. You can get high-quality workhorse starting goalies uh, outside the top 100, and that's a range where you can certainly get uh, Cam Talbot, a guy that only is two years removed from a top-five finish among fantasy goalies. And, uh, yeah, Talbot, I think, is one of those great value picks. You know, there are some intriguing tandems out there. There's the Avalanche tandem of Varlamov and Grubauer. There's the Florida tandem 
of Luongo and Reimer, but those are, you know, teams that will be in playoff contention but come with some risks. I mean, if you're looking for a more stable bounce-back candidate, you go with a Cam Talbot or you go with a Corey Schneider or a player like that or even a Corey Crawford who's coming off that injury-plagued situation. But, uh, yeah, Cam Talbot is definitely, I'm sure, when the average draft positions start coming out, Cam Talbot will be one of the biggest bargain goalies in the entire league. So I would not underestimate what he could do for you over a full season, especially with McDavid and Drysaddle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're in front of them. Chatting with uh, Pete Jensen, NHL.com senior fantasy editor. Um, let's look around the league at some other players or just uh, look at your overall rankings uh, of some players. Who's your second pick after McDavid who you said would be number one? Yeah, it's Ovechkin. I mean, to me, Crosby's right up there, too, Kucherov. But I'm going with Ovechkin. I think the monkey's off his back. I think he has a chance with Evgeny Kuznetsov to score 50-plus. I know he was at 49 last year. He got uh, the playoff demons extinguished. He's, uh, he's a sure thing every single year in hits and power play points and shots on goal. Usually leads the league in at least two of those categories. Um in addition to being an elite goal scorer, still in the prime of his career. And I mentioned Kuznetsov was a top 30 fantasy guy last year. And then uh, maybe other than Ovechkin was the best offensive player in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I think that duo has a high ceiling. I don't think there's going to be much of a cup hangover for the Capitals. I think they're still going to be a top flight team in the Metro. And Ovechkin is by far the safest bet. And Ovechkin also has that you know, the wing eligibility, which gives him a slight edge over a Crosby or a Malkin or a Matthews or Tavares and guys like that. Uh, let's follow up on Tavares. Where do you have him, of course, signing that monster deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, what sort of impact do you think he'll have in his uh, debut season with his uh, hometown Leafs? Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge impact. I mean, I think the 90-point potential is real. Uh, he's a guy that's put up 80-plus, I believe, three times during his nine seasons with the Islanders, playing with a cast of wings that included T.A. Parento, Matt Molson, Kyle Ocpozo, uh Brad Boys, guys that didn't really do much before or after their Islander tenures. I mean, he obviously took uh, Anders Lee and Josh Bailey to new levels over the past two seasons. Uh, you know, Bailey hitting 70 points this past year, Lee hitting 40 goals. So think of what he could do, John Tavares, with a wing of Mitch Marner's caliber on his wing for a full season, or even William Nylander. I mean, the, they have so many options on the wing. Uh, they have Patrick Marlowe, who sniffs 30 goals even at his age. So uh, I think that Tavares has so many options. I think he's going to have a career high in points this year, even with Matthews. And I don't really worry about the spreading out of the scoring with Tavares and Matthews. I mean, just look at Crosby and Malkin over the years. Uh, they both are elite-level centers on the same team, play on separate lines, and both are worth top-five fantasy picks. So right behind those two guys, uh, you know, at the center position, I have guys like Matthews, 
and uh, John Tavares from the same team. So two teams stacked way up top uh, entering the new season. Okay, I was going to ask you how Tavares will impact Matthews, but let me ask you this instead. Um, knowing that now Tavares is there, would you go Matthews or would you go Patrick Laine? I know Laine and Matthews have been linked together so far throughout their careers. So uh, who would you go? Would it be Laine or Matthews? They're going to be two great fantasy options this year and also for the years to come. I think even though I was talking so much about Ovechkin's goal-scoring potential, Line A is that he's not really a dark horse anymore. He's a guy that has the highest shooting percentage in the NHL, minimum 400 shots over his first two NHL seasons. So Line A converts at a high percentage. I don't anticipate that dipping because he's already in his career played on both wings, left and right. He's played with Mark Shifley and last year played without Mark Shifley and did just fine. So I don't anticipate there being much of a shooting percentage dip for Line. I think his growth is still to come. I think he's going to hit 50 goals this year with Ovechkin. They'll probably be the only two in the league that do it. Uh, Matthews is close behind, though, but I think that the safer team is Winnipeg. And Lime is just one of those snipers that comes around once in a generation. So talked about McDavid as a generational point producer. I think Lime is the generational goal scorer. And Matthews may be there as well. But I would go Lime just because of a little more safety net for, I think, the strongest fantasy team in the land, Winnipeg. Well, Pete, I know you need to uh, get off to a meeting. Uh, the meetings are fast and furious for fantasy hockey in, in July. So <laughs> we'll let you get to that. But I appreciate your time today. We'll do it again soon. Oh, sure. Thanks so much for having me. And, yeah, we're working working ahead for uh, for the new season. We've got some good things coming out. So stay tuned. And thanks again for having me on. No, thank you. That's uh, Pete Jensen from uh, NHL.com, Senior Fantasy Hockey, or hockey Editor. All right. We need to get to a break. Um, I know fantasy hockey isn't for everyone. I really enjoy it, but uh, it was great to get sort of a different perspective on some of the Oiler players there. And if you haven't tried it, give it a try. It's fun. And it's addicting as well. I mean, I love daily fantasy more so than a season-long fantasy league when it comes to hockey because I sort of love uh, just digging into each game. You don't have to follow it the entire season. You can just follow it for that game. And... uh I find when I'm going to uh, each other game throughout the season, I get re- a little more excited knowing that I can sort of uh, pick players from that game that I'm watching live. So it's a lot of fun. But uh, I love uh, everything to do with fantasy sports, and uh, it is growing. The kids love it. So thought it would be a good time to uh, get Pete on from NHL.com to talk a little bit about that. All right, it's 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for a break. More text messages when we come back. We also have Peter Labardius out of Calgary to talk about Jerome Aginla announcing his retirement. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca 
630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Here in Oilers now, 127 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you. Bob Stoffer golfing at the Mark Spector Golf Classic. Stoffer Inspector in studio tomorrow. All right, you can text us 630-630. Want to follow up on that text uh, about Wayne Simmons from earlier. Ari was saying the Oilers don't need Panarin and that paycheck, but a guy like Wayne Simmons, that's a guy we need. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Wayne Simmons. One year left on his contract, then he's a UFA. So will the Flyers try to re-sign him to a long-term deal? I would think they would like to keep him, but they just uh, you know committed to JVR long-term as well. And they have a lot of younger guys they'll need to uh, re-sign here moving forward. So I could see a guy like Simmons being expendable. He's 29. Had a bit of a down season last year. 46 points, uh, 24 goals. His cap hit is uh, solid, though. Like, if the Oilers were looking to acquire someone at the deadline, perhaps Simmons would be a guy I would look at. The only problem is Philadelphia. I don't know if they'd want to trade anyone at the deadline because they'll likely be in a playoff spot. I see the Flyers being one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference this season. I really like that roster overall. Still some questions in goal. Eventually it will be Carter Hart's goal, but uh, that likely won't be this season. So moving forward, we'll see what happens with Simmons. I could see the Flyers trying to trade him at some point. But if it gets to the point that it's the trade deadline, would they just say, hey, let's just keep him and go for a playoff run because Simmons is a guy that you would like to have on your roster in a playoff series. So, interesting name out there. Will he get back to the 30-goal seasons he was having, or is he more of a 23-25 to goal player that we saw last season? Not sure. Still love what he brings uh, to the table each and every night. It's a 129 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for the news. When we come back, Peter Labardius will join us out of Calgary. He is the Flames radio analyst, uh, a longtime TV analyst there as well. And he'll share a few stories about Jerome McGinley.